0: getting a foot in an institution, right? Because mm-hmm. the publishing industry, I mean, Singlit, Singapore literature is so dominated by not just uh, Anglophone, right? But also Chinese, mm-hmm. uh, English writers. So what do you think is the importance of brown representation in writing in
1: Singapore?
2: I mean, other than the usual, you know, breaking, breaking away from the like, the dominant narratives mm-hmm. that that we, that we have is also um, I think brown writers have this, they, oh, we tend to also mm. like look back at, at like history, you know, because a lot of our history is often like forgotten, mm. you know, so I would like to like give a shout out to like Pooja Nancy for, you know, featuring a lot of the like veteran Malay women writers, you know, at last year's like Singapore Writers Festival because, you know, it breaks away from this idea that Malay women are just sitting at home, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, you know, we're not educated and things like that, um. But also I think along the way I've realized that um, we need to continuously have this representation because I think sometimes even when you've done a lot it gets, you know, um, buried underneath, right? You're either kind of seen as like the angry brown person Mm. um, or people, you know, might kind of tag on you because it it makes them look good, you know, diversity. But essentially like you're still invisible in in many ways, Mm -hmm. right? So, this continuous, you know, effort of, like, representing or passing the baton, as I would like to, like, say it, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to, like, I think the younger, you know, community. Because I guess sometimes people in the scene or like, you know, um, activists like to kind of, like, hold on to their, like, legacy, you know? But I think it's important to, like, hand it over so that it continues, right? Mm I don't know if I should share this analogy, but, like, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> you see, I'm like, you know, like um, I mean, within the three of us, I'm the only like Malay woman in in the book, right? And I think it's been very interesting to see how people react. So like, I like to make fun of like Yen and Chris, because sometimes, you know, like Chinese men who happen to know them, happen to be same college from them, will be like, oh, have you read this book? And then I was like. Yeah, I've read that book, and have you seen the play? I'm like, not really, because I was in the play, right, you know, so this, you know, sometimes people consume, you know, it's like, it's yeah. not just important to con- consume, mm. like, media from brown people, but to also, I think, make the effort to know who yeah. they are, right, so that it's not just, oh, we do have enough brown writers, but we question them, they can't name names, mm. yeah.
0: Otherwise, yeah. it's just like token representation. Yes,
2: it's, it's token representation, right? Mm. Yeah. So it's not just, oh, I, I know about this book, so I'm an ally. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't really know. Like it's a
0: bookshelf. Yeah, like
2: I'm a, a Zoom <laughs> <out>. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, you know, but actually, who wrote it, who edited it, yeah. you can't tell. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's also, like, um, I think important. Yeah. I've seen you talk
1: about it on your Twitter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's funny. I mean, it's just funny yeah.
1: to me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know,
2: I don't think it's malicious. It's definitely not yeah. malicious. Uh. <laughs> But it's also a very good representative of how, I think, it's, a, it's also a gender issue, right? How, yeah, how I think exactly. it's a see yeah. brown woman, mm, right? We're like yeah. often at the sidelines yeah. and forgotten, right? Um, or like when you write, people think we're angry or we're attacking, mm. but that's not it, mm. you know? Yeah.
0: And so since both of you are writers, right? Uh, could you share a bit more about your experience in the industry or in the scene? And like, what advice you would have for you know, like <laughs> aspiring brown writers <laughs> listening to this? Oh my God,
3: are we, Are we, You're more
0: in the scene than me, you,
3: right, Sarah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're
2: so popular, yeah, I, like, so I feel
3: like there's are so <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: the imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Uh, mm. Um, I think a lot of my writings, you know, was based actually like, uh, I mean not just like I think my experience as a Singaporean Malay woman, but. Mm. A lot of it also came from when I was working in the newsroom, you know. Um, I think that also gave me like a lot of access Mm. to understanding how things are. Um, And I I think like, I know sometimes when you're a minority, it feels like you have to compete with everyone because the space for you is so small, but that's not the case. I mean, Brown is Haram came from a collaboration between me Mm. and Chris, right? Uh, We were like, yeah, let's just like collaborate. And I think it led to a lot of like really cool things for Mm. us together, but also us individually, Mm. you know, each of us have our own projects, which is really cool. And um, I think that's that. Like, I think one advice is like, don't be afraid to collaborate, Mm. you know. Um, You know, don't feel like you have to compete with other minority people for a spot. That's what I guess people want you to think,
3: Mm. but there's
2: always space for you, you know, yeah.
3: Yeah, I think I would echo that. I think this is also just going back to what you were saying, Sarah about like passing the baton. Mm-hmm. I, th- I guess my so uncharitable take is, again, I don't know if it's because of the nature of how small sort of the scene is, but like it, it ends up sometimes sort of like unwittingly being like driven or shaped by like personalities, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like a community. And so then you have like specific people who hold a lot of sort of like clout or power and influence and like maybe don't necessarily know sort of when to like let other people speak. So I think actually a good way to directly challenge that, like you said, is to collaborate, is to ensure that maybe it isn't necessarily, there isn't necessarily need to sort of actively challenge this like, you know, like a a hegemonic voice or whatever, but it is about just actually trying to build a community uh, and let that flourish as opposed to trying to be like competitive. I Mm. think, I mean, I, I can speak for myself and say that like, I think I am, still like obviously learning how to write mm-hmm. i don't think i know how to write but i am also just like very open and i think there are people out there obviously there are some people who maybe like won't but like i think there are people out there who you know like i think like want to help or are excited to read what young people or younger mm-hmm. people i guess i am old but like <laughs> um, um yeah like younger people what they're saying you know i think that to me is at least for me personally i'll be excited to read what other people like are saying and if they like you know are looking for thoughts or whatever that to me is exciting for me at least right now Mm -hmm. you know like i'm very happy to like help out or whatever and i'm sure there are other people also who want to do that
1: well i mean you can edit this part out later Mm -hmm. um but i just wanted to say one of my friends from primary school is um in your book. Oh. You know, oh, and uh yeah, and I remember she she was super excited about it, you know, when I guess she got the news that she was gonna be published and she was like telling everyone, hey guys, you know I got published in this book. Oh, nice. And um and then I saw the book at SWF last year in the mm. bookshop, you know, and then I, I took out her poem and I took a picture, I sent it to her and I was like, oh my god, I found your book! <laughs> <laughs> you know, which was which was really really exciting to me. And the thing that you know, and so so I, I just wanted to say I thought it was like super cool that um in your book she got a platform to be published mm. you know especially since she's been writing about mm. issues of her identity mm. and like you know the way she understands whatever like for mm. years and years now but anyway if you we would have like- stuff to say though oh you do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but
0: like, i agree that affirmation is so important for young writers yeah. because i think what you guys are doing <laughs> is really like trying to lift the gate you know like because the literary community is so get- kept right sometimes and mm. it's like yeah, i just want to let these people um, know that their voices deserve to be heard as well and their writing is good as well i think that's really precious because i think um writers especially maybe they start writing at a young age but then if they don't get affirmation then they give up eventually and i think yeah, this true. this mm-hmm. larger struggle perhaps for you no know, minority writers who won't even get uh equal chances to be published mm-hmm. so i think that's what's uh, even more precious about this Anthology, and I think also like because we are talking about advice, right, for young for young brown writers and stuff. Because I have this friend of mine who is um queer and brown, and he told mm-hmm. me that he has this struggle that back in school he would always feel the need to be that to be you know a model for his community, you know, mm-hmm. to yeah. project the image yeah. of excellence yeah, on behalf of his yeah, community. and am just yeah. but then he shared with me that he's trying to unlearn that. So I think yeah, that's something. I maybe it's <laughs> I mean I can't say for the brown community, but. I mean, I hope that's something people can take away that they don't have to be, they don't have to feel like they are the the vanguard of their own community. Mm. You know, just just be the vanguard of yourself. Like, yeah, yeah just do yeah. the best you can. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I think it. I think that's something that I think every brown person definitely can relate. You know, like mm. you, you have to be successful, successful because you feel like if you're not. Then people would blame it on your community, yeah, right? I and that's why, it. and that's why we a lot of us burn out because mm. we don't really get to rest. Because when you rest, you're like you're a lazy Malay, mm. you know. Um, so I think be, like you know, like I'm turning thirty this year, so I feel like it took me a long time to be able to be like, yeah, I don't really want to be the high achieving Malay mm. woman anymore. That's fine, right? I think like I want to define what success looks like you know, in my own terms. Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't match up to the majority, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's also very important to set your pace. At the end of the day, you also come to realize that, you know, you depend on your community to help you pave that way, yeah. you know, um, because... You've, you also meet people from the majority like oh it's great it's great let's lose, use you because you're like a template for diversity but when it comes to where resources are you're often excluded yeah, yeah so i think you know going like okay i don't want to do this anymore i don't be the like high achieving malay i don't be praised by the majority mm. you know that is i think a sign of like a, a sign for a step forward actually yeah
3: yeah yeah i think sort of similar to what the both of you are saying, another like sort of aspect of this also is what we've discussed and I know like my Sarah has brought this up quite a few times also just sort of like the fear or the worry that we're now like like artists slash writers who write about race and like nothing else like that is like our thing now uh, which is also like I think something that sort of disproportionately affects minority people right you suddenly you know you suddenly think like oh i guess because they are a minority person they mm-hmm. should or can talk about race mm-hmm. and like that's it right you label them as someone who talks about race as opposed to just like a writer yeah. period yes um yeah. so that's definitely something that like i think yeah is also something else that. speaking to definitely like younger people who are beginning to write or who are beginning to think about things would really just be to like yeah, I think as much as the pressure is there, I think it is a valid fear, right? I mean, I definitely sometimes still struggle with like, like, what do I do with my voice or what should I what should I say? But obviously, it is them tiring or so right? Mm. And so, like, I think for young writers especially or young artists, is really just to create as much as you can and create like different things. Uh, yeah, because I don't know, I feel like. I'm not saying it's inevitable but like i think for younger people like i think the exploration is something that you should really like do as opposed to like 30 year old people <laughs> this is it. Yeah. we're now we're, we're race yes. thought leaders for the rest of our lives
1: right? <laughs> no no i think i
2: think what chris said is true right like we don't want to be boxed into yeah. just oh okay chris and myself they're only gonna do like race. <laughs> like no i want to write like a maybe like something like i want to write a romance novel mm. maybe like without yeah. the race element, yeah. right and that should be perfectly fine mm. yeah um but i think it's a progression i think something that both of us like eventually have to learn to kind of like take a step back as well yeah. so that we can move on
1: to other things that we yeah. we want to like explore as well mm. Is there any one thing that you hope that non-brown readers will take away from reading your book? I know earlier you mentioned, uh, you know, you don't have a set, a target audience or anything mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, if, um, like someone like mm-hmm. Ha young read your book, <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. is one thing you hope that he would glean from it? Something that you hope maybe he'll understand now? How
0: about not Ha How's kind of enlightened word? I mean, how about the average Chinese person <laughs> nice. on the street? <laughs> nice.
2: I'm not going to say like, enlightened or not enlightened mm. because I feel like I feel like even within more progressive circles, race is still very like yeah, a topic that um, a lot of majority still don't understand, right? Mm. That's why a lot of brown writers are still talking about intersectionality because mm. you don't really see it in these kind of mm. spaces. Mm. Um, very simply, I think when a brown person is talking about race-related issues, um, it's not a threat to you mm. <laughs> like we're not threats to you we're not here to like take away your privilege or like you know um, demand that you know um, you give everything to us you know um, I think acknowledging where you that your race helps mm. you get where you are now Yeah. Um, it's not something that like you know immediately erases your effort yeah. or something like that yeah you know and I think I'm not going to go into like, oh, you know, we want you to like this and that. Mm. But I think that is a a, a step that is I feel like I would like to still see more people in the the majority community, like Chinese people, like acknowledge Mm. whether you see yourself as like enlightened or not, you know, um, just acknowledging that helps a lot also. Yeah, Yeah, because you can read 10 books of race, but if you don't want to acknowledge it, Mm -hmm. if you don't want to do the work within yourself as cliche as it sounds, you know, then... um, I feel like um, there's really no point in talking about like progression in that sense, yeah. right? Because it's also acknowledging your own privilege.
0: No, I totally agree with that because <laughs> acknowledging your privilege is really so important because to kind of combat the narrative that where you are in life is simply due to effort because I mean, this cuts across race and class because there's so many factors that we can't control when we are the minority, whether you, are, um, you live in like rental estates or whether oh. you're brown, like these are factors you can't control but by which okay. have impeded your ability to achieve in life and simply getting that acknowledgement of privilege from you know, the majority is, I think it's comforting. I mean, for me, even if it doesn't achieve any kind of societal change, that comforting uh, effect still matters to me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, but beyond acknowledging privilege, is there anything else that, you know, like, the majority can do?
2: <laughs> I think I would like to throw that question back to the majority mm. because a lot of times they... Eh, for us, like, what can, yeah. what should we do, right? We're expected to come up with a solution, mm. even though we pretty much highlight, like, hey, mm. these are structural issues, these are issues from the committee itself. Mm. But there's this sort of, like, okay, we're still expecting you to tell us what to do. Yeah. And that's a form of privilege, mm. right? Like, not making, I think it's actually making the work to come out with the solutions. Mm. Uh, we're not asking you to talk on our behalf, but look, at the end of the day, um, it's like, someone causing harm and then you know at the end of the day you still expect the, the victim to come up with solutions mm. right um, when the effort should be done by the person holding the status quo mm. or the person you know who has the power to kind of make the policies or mm. make the change you know um, yeah. which is why I think it's not that like there's no one answer to like what mm. can we do like you know are we talking about individuals, are we talking about, you know, um, organizations, are we talking more in like government, like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, status kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. essentially, I think just making the effort, right, Mm -hmm. to be like, looking at, like, I guess maybe the example could be like the organizations that you guys are in and just like, oh, you know, do do we have enough minority representation? Mm -hmm. And even like, oh, are the minority representations that we have, are the, are the ones that we are comfortable with, right? Mm-hmm. Are we still using you know certain um, people in the community to maintain status school, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think when you have a minority for the sake of being, for, for the sake of them, you know, um, because they are minorities, then it just becomes tokenism, mm-hmm. you know, and we still see that a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think taking the works to, dismantle structures that you've already upheld over the years i think that would be a great step right i think i wouldn't say that the guidelines or like guidance in how to create solutions is not that it's like whether you make the effort or not Mm. right yeah
3: yeah i mean i think at least in terms of like what i hope people like two things i think number one like what i hope people like at least take away is that they understand that like like race doesn't sort of exist on its own own right like i think something that we write in introduction is that like no one entry is just exclusively about race right like there is it cuts across different things Mm. like race or racism manifests in very specific ways because of the other identities you hold on to and i guess we hope that that sort of comes through through the the book to understand that like yeah you if if you if you want to be anti-racist you also you know have to be someone who like things about like toxic masculinity or things about how like racism shows up uh in gendered ways um i think the other thing and thinking about like solutions or like you know like I, which is definitely a question that like yeah i guess sort of people ask definitely mm-hmm. right like what, what can we do yeah i always sort of like i think think a lot about you know i think we yeah when we think about like sort of individual action i always sort of get a bit kind of like like yeah is there there, like meaning is there value in asking that question because it's like i don't want to be like call out casual racism you know (laughs) that's so like (laughs) like, that's so lame like really like obviously yes yeah you should but also it's like is that going to you know suddenly mean that like our ethnic integration policy is going to disappear is that going to ensure that like sap schools are going to disappear no Mm. so i think when it comes to, like, what solutions you can do, I think it is really thinking about, um, yeah, what, how is race, like, upheld here and, like, who, I think, who, like, benefits from, like, I think these structures being upheld mm. and knowing that as an individual, what you can continually try to do is to actively challenge then, like, the specific, like, yeah, sort of political powers that, like, uphold these things because I think the only way is to really go to the source line to, like, really think about, like, actively challenging the powers that be because or not the structures aren't going to call come down. You know, you can call out casual racism all you like, but these things still exist. Yeah.
2: I think all like, understand that it's a continuous work, you know, like, it's not something like what Chris said, like, oh, I called out... This uncle for being racist, I'm good, I'm an <laughs> ally, right? Or I read, Brown is redacted, yes, you know, I've done my one reading. No, it's a continuous effort. Um, whether it's really looking at your own mm-hmm. self or structures, it's not something that's going to stop,
1: yeah.
2: you know, and and that's the thing, right? Sometimes we assume that, oh, we've done enough, but mm. actually, like, there's more to be done. Yeah. yeah, so I think once you have this mentality that, hey, you know, you know like sometimes you have like Chinese people will be like oh like you know they, they hear incidents of racism mm. and they're like wow, oh, so so <laughs> oh so sad so tiring they use the word tiring like okay but it's even more tiring for us to have mm. to like go through that right Um, and also understand that you know at the end of the day you get to step away yeah. right you get to step away and like block the noise we can't we can't like sh- like you know um step away from identity and like oh Mm. we don't yeah i'm too tired to face racism today maybe tomorrow no we don't have to do that Mm. so um i think you know just understanding that you know it is going to be a continuous effort if you're an ally you need to understand that it is a continuous effort right Mm. and and it's an effort that we do expect from you we're not going to, like, sugarcoat it and, like, try and be nice mm. all the time. You know, I think that's what, but that is what is expected, right? That we sugarcoat it so that it appeases it, it to the majority. Mm. So, no, like, you can't expect things to be, like, sugarcoated all mm. the time as well. Yep.